Hello there and a very warm welcome to episode 31 of the Frantic Football podcast on World Football Index. I'm Neil Shalat uh, and today I'm not joined by anyone. It's it's just me. So you are going to have to put up with uh, me monologuing through uh, the weekend's action which obviously was quite quite plentiful once again. We have loads of games from all over the place to cover. Uh, a couple of titles uh, handed out uh, of some especially in Europe. many leagues drawing to a close of uh, the regular group stage so some big big matches there big relegation battles of course we spoke about loads on friday uh, so we'll we'll get you up to speed with some of the results of the matches we sort of previewed um, and then a bit of cup action here and there too couple of leagues kicking off couple of new managers appointed at at the end of course we'll we'll discuss that but uh, yeah it's it's looking like a pretty pretty busy episode So, well, strap in to listen to a fair bit of me, uh, and I'll I'll get uh, a nice cup of water to to get through all of this. So let's get started. All right, let's start with the titles handed out uh, as I mentioned. I suppose the biggest one was uh, in Northern Ireland. The Northern Irish Premiership decided already with a couple of match days left and the reason is uh, significant is that Lan have won their first ever uh, top flight uh, professional top flight title in uh, their 134 year existence. They were founded in 1889 I believe. uh of course based in the uh, town of lan in northern ireland uh, the I, i i honestly I, i mean i haven't dug that deep but uh based on a cursory research i couldn't find too much about their history but what i can tell you is i think around 2008 they lost their full senior status when the nifl premiership was um was was sort of got started but then in 2016 uh, when the championship became the second tier they regained that senior status then in 2018 they had a, a takeover so an ownership change and then from what i could gather the new owners obviously invested a fair bit of money but they, but they were also quite smart it's not like they completely outspent the league by crazy amounts uh, so they invested a fair bit of money but used it cleverly so then they got promoted back to the premiership in the first season under the new ownership and then after a couple of years up there they've gone and won the title this time it's 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 obviously quite historic as i say in 134 years that's you know pretty pretty incredible um that also obviously means they will uh, qualify for the first round of the uefa champions league qualifiers no northern irish side has ever made it to the group stage proper so can't really expect that but they could you know with the conference league in there as well they could drop down and maybe at least make their european group stage debut uh in in perhaps one of the lower tiers but of course that's still a fair way away but for now i suppose they should celebrate this this great great achievement so well done to learn and to all involved there 
uh, on on this historic title um behind them uh, we have um, in second place linfield the defending champions and the most successful club in northern ireland cliftonwell were sort of in the title race early on but they've fallen to fourth now uh, glentoran have overtaken them and crusaders were the side who lawn came up against uh, uh, with the 2-0 win sealing the championship their fifth uh, in of course the championship group the league split in half basically uh, after 33 rounds of fixtures so after everyone played each other thrice and this is the final stage so just a couple of fixtures left uh, in the northern irish premiership not a lot to play for just at the bottom uh, the relegation battle is just about somewhat alive you could have a swap around in the direct and playoff spots so that's perhaps the last thing to keep an eye out on uh, over there um the other place the title was handed out was in australia um in in the men's a league of course sydney fc become in the women's premiers i think a week or two ago and here was melbourne city they had the chance to get the job done uh, against the central coast mariners i believe but they could only draw 1-1 so then it was down to adelaide united to sort of keep the i mean it was not really a title race but you know just delay melbourne's title lift by uh, a week if they managed to beat western united but they ended up losing uh, they lost 1-0 on sunday i believe so uh, melbourne city once again are the premiers it's the of course their first that means they get the afc champions league spot and obviously by virtue of finishing in the top 2 they don't have to play the first round of the finals um but it's it's quite interesting to look beyond them where is still somewhat of a race alive because adelaide united dropped points they're only 3 above the central coast mariners and uh, western sydney wanderers so that second spot is still up for grabs and then further below wellington phoenix and sydney fc are level on points with in 5th and 6th with 7th and 8th newcastle jets and western united uh, only 3 behind them so there's there's still spots in the finals undecided as we have what two match days left in australia in, in the a league so those are those are a couple of things to watch but there was much more drama in in the liberty a league the women's a league where we had the the first sort of semi finals of course we mentioned this before the format is a bit different so the top two play each other for a direct spot in the final with the other getting a sort of second chance and third fourth play each other in what is a real knockout match so third and fourth were melbourne city and melbourne victory victory of course uh just about qualifying uh, uh, uh for for the the finals and whew, what a match this was uh city took a lead in the first half victory sco- scored thrice in the second half uh, a hat trick from melina airs uh, putting them in a commanding position but once again there was late drama in a match involving melbourne city uh, 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 uh they they pulled one back in the 79th minute and then it looked like they did not done enough the game had gotten away from them but way deep in the 97th minute of stoppage time basically the last last meaningful kick of the game certainly hannah wilkinson equalized for them and took the game to extra time no goals there so we went off to penalties where i i have to have to have to mention uh melbourne victory goalkeeper casey dumont going up to take the first penalty absolutely slotting it home uh standing in goal next and making a brilliant save of the second and i mean when your keeper does that you're obviously going to win the shootout and they certainly did so a victory through they advanced city been knocked out 
and 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 in in the match involving first versus second the first sort of qualifier for the final premier sydney fc lost to western united so western united in their first season in the a league have made the grand final and sydney uh will face the defending champions melbourne victory for the other final spot of course the grand final will be in sydney but uh, well i mean if if sydney fc don't make it uh, i suppose it'll be quite something to watch and maybe maybe that we the decision will be exposed for how questionable uh, it was shall we say but anyway let's let's move on let's go over to europe then where we had a bunch of a uh, bunch of matches of course and a bunch of leagues uh, drawing to a close so the first one i talk about is the belgian pro league because this uh, they had the penultimate match day there uh, and and there's there's a lot of important stuff that happened of course there's still a lot to be decided on the final match day i won't get into that not for the pro league and not for all the other leagues as well we'll save that for friday you know for the purposes of time and stuff but i'll just tell you about what happened the meaningful results uh, in the pro league uh, on monday so as far as the battle for the top 4 is concerned both uh, ghent and club brugge drew their matches standard 1 so ghent and club are level on points standard 1 behind them uh, westerlo they uh, were the ones who of course drew against club they're almost certainly through to uh, the european championship i think they still need a point but uh, more interestingly behind them shalawa lost circle one and anderlecht lost to gang so what that does is shalawa still eighth uh, ahead of circle both level on points on 47 points and anderlecht just one behind them and leuven still in it they are on 45 points so they still have a shot they of course need a lot of help from elsewhere but they still might just be in with a chance uh, of uh, making it into the top 8 uh, the european playoffs but anderlecht that's the, of course the big story they are in serious trouble they need two sides above them to drop points and of course to win themselves in order to get in but the biggest result without a doubt was open 1 zultavaregem 5 we spoke about this game on friday huge huge match in the relegation battle zulte four points behind open uh going into the weekend and of course the penultimate matches so it's basically they have to win to keep their chances of survival alive they won and how a bunch of set piece goal in goals involved to be fair but still a massive massive score line and and well that uh that makes things interesting going into the final match day i think that what, what that also means because of the margin of the victory if zulte draw and open lose so if they end level on points i think zulte should stay up and they have by the uh, i'll need to check that but i think so so in that case it's is if all the more interesting ustenda meanwhile of course uh, the other side who were level on points with zulte going into the weekend lost fornel to leuven uh, they relegated looked has been looking pretty likely for a while to be fair ustenda being relegated there's already uh, some sort of uh, what shall we say fallout of this imminent relegation scene at the club players unhappy with the manager and talks of almost a mutiny and that sort of stuff so yeah they 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 looked gone for a fair bit but they're officially gone now of course serang gone a couple of weeks ago but yeah zultan open the big two sides to watch next weekend in this massive massive uh, relegation battle that's that for belgium let's go over elsewhere another big relegation battle 
which has been blown apart this weekend was uh, in Croatia. We've spoken about uh, Gorica and and their sort of revival from almost the dead because ahead of their last game of February, they just won one game, had nine points, and, and the side above them, Shibinik had nineteen. So even if you double their points, they'd still be last and obviously in the one and only direct relegation spot uh, in 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 the league. So since then. Uh, after uh, after they won their last game of February, they've only lost once in the league, and, and the results have included an, an unbelievable five-four win over Istra with some late drama, which we've spoken about. A draw with uh, the league leaders and, and almost champions elect uh, Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, a win over Osijek last week and this week. Most importantly, they were up against Šibenik. Again, four-point gap between the two sides in the relegation. Only two really involved in this relegation battle. Must win, I'd say, for Gorica, given the fact that there's, what, about uh, seven matches to go after this one. So, they really needed to close that gap down. And boy, they did. 4-0, they ended up winning three goals in the first 18 minutes. Fourth one before half-time. And, and it, it was comprehensive. It was thorough win. So, what that does is that brings them within a point of Shibenik. Um, and of course, as I said, seven matches to go. So Gorica's great escape it could be on. It's very much within reach for them now. Let's move on, though. Let's let's talk about a couple of derbies, shall we? We had some some significant ones across Europe. A uh, big one relevant to a title race um, was the Prague derby in in Czechia. Uh, it was uh, Slavia again uh, away at Sparta. First and second, of course, Sparta leading by a two-point margin uh, over, over their local rivals. And uh, it was a pretty good match. It ended 3-3. Um, and and again, there was, there was quite some drama. So Slavia took the lead just before halftime. Got a second as well early on in the second half. But then uh, Sparta pulled two back uh, in about, about 10, 10, 12 minutes. Uh, and then... It looked like Slavia would have won it when Igor Ogbu scored in the 85th minute, uh, which I believe was his uh, first goal for the club since moving from Lillestrom. So, a fine time to get it, fine place to get it. But, th- but that was not the winner, uh, because uh, in stoppage time, an own goal allowed Sparta to equalize once again uh, and obviously come up with the point, but more importantly, maintain their lead. So, there's still a couple of points uh, clear of Slavia. At the top of the table, um, I, 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 there are, I believe, still a few rounds to go. I think three rounds of league fixtures to go in the regular group stage. And then, of course, you have the pl- championship playoffs and stuff as well. So these two sides will be facing each other again. Uh, the third team in this title race are slash were Victoria Pilsen. You know, they would probably have seen this as a great opportunity, really. To, to close the gap down after sort of falling off uh, recently. But they lost uh, to uh, Baniko Strava 2-1. So they are six points behind Slavia and eight behind Sparta now. Um, and maybe out of the title race, but we- we'll see. But yeah, c- certainly the two Prague clubs, uh, the front runners uh, there. Another big derby was in Edinburgh in Scotland. Um, where again, we're nearing the end of the regular league season. Hips versus Hearts. Hearts uh, through to the championship playoffs, really. 
but, but this was the first match in charge uh, of them for uh, Steven Naismith, who's their interim manager uh, for now. Hibs, though, they really needed this game, uh, this win, um, because they were just one point above Livingston in sixth place. And of course, if they drop behind, they would drop into the the relegation group basically. And worse yet, Hibs got got into this match on I think it was a four match losing streak, mm, and Hearts were uh, even worse. I think they had lost their last five, um, including a match in the cup against uh, Celtic. So both teams. <laughs> out of form to say the least uh, and Hibs certainly needing the win more but of course Hearts would would love to get one over their rivals and push them down especially because Livingston did go on to win their match this weekend so um, of course Hibs, Hibs played earlier but it proved to be crucial that they did win uh, 1-0 the only goal coming from uh, Kevin Nisbet who has has been getting on the score sheet a fair bit uh, this season, uh, I'll just quickly check how many goals he has. Yep, it's double digits now. It's his tenth goal uh, of this season in the league. So important player for Hibs and a very very important goal that because as I said that keeps them in the top six with just one match left. So we we really talk about what this means and what could go on in the Premiership uh, for uh, Friday Friday's episode. We'll save that, but uh, yeah, a big result here and. Quick mention for Celtic, who won, obviously, won once again. 4-1 away at Kilmanock. And they are still on course to break the Premiership's points record. That record is 106 points. Um, I think at present, the maximum that uh, they can get is i think around 110 but I, I i i need to check that but i think 110 is the maximum they can do that but either way what i do know is that they can basically afford to drop points in one game either draw or lose um and still have a chance of breaking that record but if they even draw two games then that's gone so they basically need to win all but one of their remaining games and they will break that record and i mean the way they're playing uh, and given the fact that they have no european matches or any of that stuff to worry about it's quite likely they do it, I reckon. So that's something to watch out for, uh, especially as we enter the championship group. But yeah, that's enough from Scotland for now. Let's go over. Let's go over to uh, Denmark. There was uh, again action at both ends of the table. Of course, the groups, uh, uh, championship and relegation groups, are already split there. Let's start at the bottom. Orbi, the Orbi rather, the, the big story. Uh, in terms of the rele- relegation uh, race, and they have now dropped to bottom spot. Uh, I watched that match against Midgeland. Thought they they performed fairly well, to be fair, but they they couldn't get the result. They did take the lead, but they considered an equalizer, so it was just one one. And then uh, Lungby later, I think on Sunday, who were the bottom club going into the weekend, um. We're facing Horsens, newly promoted, uh, fellow newly promoted side, who are uh, just in the spot right above the relegation zone, but with a fair gap. And Lungby won that game. I think it was 2-1 in the end. Uh, so so Lungby jumped over Obey. Uh, they have, Lungby have 20 points now, Obey have 19. And Horsens, uh, in, in that spot above, have 26 so both Lungbi and uh, Obi in in looking in tough rough spots, but Obi especially, um, you wouldn't expect them really to be doing this badly. But they'll 
it's not looking good for them. They could well be on the way down. Of course, they've had, I think, new ownership and that sort of stuff. Um, so you'd expect them to bounce back if they do go down. But uh, that's something to watch. Anyway, let's go over to the top of the table. Big result was uh, Kevin Heaven beating Feeburg last night uh, on Sunday night in, in, a, in a close match. In a tough fight put up by Feeburg. But Kevin Heaven, uh, who scored early on through Mohamed Darami, um, considered an equalizer just before halftime. But Victor Klaesen getting the winning goal in the 75th minute to temporarily at least put them back uh, at the top of the table. Of course, the the league leaders going into the weekend were Fitzen Nordsjelland. They are playing as I speak. They're up against, they're away at Rondes. Uh, it's it's goalless right now after about half an hour. So as it stands, they'd be a point behind Copenhagen. But if they do go on to win, they'll they'll get that one point lead uh, back again. So well, that's something to keep an eye on, I guess. Once this goes out, of course, by the time this goes out, the match will probably be done. So I suppose if you're interested, um, open your app and, and check what's what's happened there. Um, let's stick to Scandinavia. And uh, I just want to give a quick mention to the Stockholm Derby at the Teletu Arena. Um, was it last night? No, certainly this weekend. Uh, Oike against Hammarby. Um, Oike, who were probably certainly the side in in a worse spot. Going into the match, they lost both of their first two games. Of course, last season wasn't particularly great for them uh, either. So uh, yeah, if, I mean, if if someone needed the win, it was them. Of course, very early days uh, in the season, so just two games. And Hammarby as well. Last season, this sort of challenge for the title, but ended up falling short. And of course, they won one, lost one at the start of this season. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they were probably the favourites, I suppose. But um, both sides not where they want to be. But either way, it was Oike who ended up winning. Alexander Fesai Beraki getting both goals in either side of halftime for Oike. And I have to, have to, have to mention the pre-match T4 by both sides of fans, but especially the Oike supporters. It was absolutely incredible. I'll, I'll link it below, but... It's the Tifo as well as as the the, the song the, what they were singing, as uh, as the players entered, it was it was quite something. I'll I'll, I'll have to link it as I said. So do do watch that if you haven't. Uh, and and this reminds me in terms of stuff to link. Of course, the Elitesarian also newly underway really in Norway, and I have to give a shout out to Amal Pellegrino and his first goal of 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 Bodo Glimt's match. Uh, against was it Stabek? Let me quickly check that. But I mean, yeah, what? A, yeah, it was Stabek. What a goal it was! Um, again, I'll link this as well. It's gone viral. Uh, he went on to score a hat trick, by the way. But yeah, this goal was the best one by far. In fact, he scored four. Um, no wait, sorry, he scored three. But Glimp scored four. He scored three. Um, but yeah, I I don't know how to describe it. So basically, uh, he's sort of obviously he's a left winger, so he's sort of. Uh, on the left side of the attacking third, basically, like inside left, sort of in left half space. Uh, and the ball's on the right. Uh, someone carries it up the right wing. And then the, the they sort of play sort of a crossfield pass towards his direction. But uh, Runar Espeord is ahead of him, the strike, uh, Borglum striker. And he goes up for the header. And it sort of bounces off the top of his head and, and onwards still towards Pellegrino. So it's still coming to Pellegrino, but 
a bit further back so he has to you know sort of adjust so he turns takes an unbelievable first touch to sort of recover and cuz the ball's going away and he's turning and he's running away from goal as he's doing it but his touch is so good he cushions the ball towards the direction of the net and then he just take a turns uh, adjust himself uh, and i think the ball has just bounced twice before he picks out the top corner with the, the most beautiful strike you'll see it's it's i mean it's 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 on a bouncing ball like it's not a technically half volley but it's on a bouncing ball and he 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 it's it's not a powerful strike at all he he just caresses it and it and the camera angle from the back which we see uh, in the live broadcast uh, in that you can, you you can see the ball it starts wide and then curls into the top corner it's beautiful i mean if you haven't seen it i'm link, i'm going to link it uh, in 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 the thread i do because yeah what a goal that was but anyway enough about that <laughs> that was even part of the part plan but anyway we move on and yeah i wanted to go actually from the stockholm derby to el tráfico quickly in mls pretty exciting game in the circumstances certainly where of course lfc doing very very well la galaxy winless this season and, and that run continued because lfc ultimately ended up winning 3-2 mm, again but some stuff on fans which i'd like to mention lfc fans really taking over dignity health sports park some great pre match scenes and even in the stadium they were by far the loudest but of course a large reason behind that is as we've mentioned many of the la galaxy fans are protesting and not turning up to the stadium um, uh, because you know they want to show their displeasure uh, with the board and especially with uh, president chris klein so um, i suppose a tale of two 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 teams on um, you know opposing trajectories and and as well two sets of fans um, with uh, opposing reactions but both both good to see both absolutely justified so fair enough um to have for both uh th- let's go on next to um, austria we might have a title race here actually we might just because rb salzburg lo- uh, drew with they of course drew last week with austria wien in a dramatic match that we spoke about and this time they drew with lask nil nil and sturm graz won i think it was 2 nil in the end So the gap at the top between uh, second place Sturm and league leaders Erbe Salzburg is down to two points. Uh, and guess who Salzburg are playing next weekend? It's Sturm. So that's something to, certainly to keep an eye on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, after I say this, I'm sure Salzburg will put three or four past Sturm and make me look like a fool. Uh, but we'll we'll save that for um, next weekend. But we might just you know. maybe maybe you can have some hopes but we'll see um we do have a title race most certainly in saudi arabia but what we probably won't have is al hilal as a part of it because they lost to bottom club al batin this weekend who mm, look pretty relegated to me but maybe this result might change that but uh, either way they, they won uh, al batin won 1-0 um and what that does for al hilal is that leaves them 10 points behind al ittihad the league leaders having played one more game too uh, so there's only six matches left for them this season mind you uh, so yeah with three teams between uh, two other teams between them and al ittihad uh, yeah it's almost certain they don't defend the title they will of course have the chance to win a 
continental title they'll play in the AFC Champions League final against Urawa Red Diamonds uh later this month the first leg certainly so yes um do keep an eye out on that and of course we will speak about it um, let's go to Poland next extra classa relegation battle is quite interesting we spoke about it uh, on friday and well what happened the big result was definitely gornik zabrzyce uh, beating zagreb lubin 2-0 away from home that takes uh, gornik zabrzyce out of the relegation zone zagreb lubin still above it uh, but only level on points with uh, slacks Vroklo uh, and both Lekyakdansk and and Mirz Legnica who are playing right now both of them look gone but from 11th place Corona Kielsem to 16th place Slask it's just 3 points so that's a relegation battle for you that is quite something um but yeah i mean we we will we'll take a closer look at that as well as we approach the end of the season uh, we still have 6 matches to go so a lot can happen a lot can happen in that time um let's go over to couple of cup matches uh over in england manchester united uh, their women's side i should say reached their first ever uh, cup final with a comeback win against brighton and hove albion uh, and they will face chelsea who who are in the fa cup final again and then in germany Uh, in in the uh, Frauen DFB Pokal, Wolf, Wolfsburg absolutely thrashed Bayern. I think it was five nil in the end. This was a semi final as well. So Wolfsburg through to the final. Of course, th- these two are the two title race protagonists in the league. Bayern still ahead there. They'll be keen to not throw that one away as well. But in terms of leagues, in terms of the men's leagues, uh, some pretty interesting stuff uh, going on. Uh, in england in the premier league leicester city are among those involved in a very tight relegation battle they lost the dean smith's first match in charge against manchester city uh, and are now still two points from safety uh, and one of the other relegation battle contenders west ham uh, drew in dramatic fashion against arsenal from 2-0 down to 2-2 to to sort of help themselves in the relegation battle and make the title race much closer it's now four points between Arsenal and City with um City having a game in hand and the two set to play in 9 days but you know that so enough about that move on to uh the Bundesliga at the top it's the same old story again Borussia Dortmund mm, well what can I say they're at it again uh, Bayern were against Hoffenheim and Dortmund were at uh, Stuttgart on Sunday on sorry on Saturday afternoon in the simultaneous kickoff slot uh, both sides up in the first half Bayern 1-0 Dortmund 2-0 with a player advantage as well um looked all peaceful and stuff and then in the 72nd minute Andre Kramaric equalized for uh, Hoffenheim with a lovely free kick goal and as things stood uh, Dortmund were going to go level on points with Bayern at the top of the table but of course their Borussia Dortmund and that can only mean one thing so even though they had two goals uh, and a player advantage against Stuttgart who started this match in the direct relegation zone they considered twice uh, in sort of the last 15 or so minutes of normal time to seemingly throw it away and yeah i mean i think 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, I wrote about this game in one of my columns and I said only a fool would harbor hopes of Borussia Dortmund in a title race at this point. So if a fool did harbor hopes of them, they were surely dead at 2-2. But then Dortmund scored, a seemingly scored a winner in stoppage time uh, in the 93rd minute. Bayern, so they were 3-2 up. Bayern Hoffenheim was done then. It was full time there. So Dortmund 3-2 up, going level on points. But of course not. The last minute of stoppage time, again against 10-man Stuttgart. They considered this very, very silly goal. And it was 3-3 in the end. Dramatic game there. So nothing changed at the top. At the bottom, a significant result because that brought Stuttgart back up into the relegation playoff spot on goal difference. Uh, but they'd been dropped back down to the relegation zone after Schalke 5 had a 2 on Friday night um, in a big relegation 6-pointer which has left Hertha in a tough spot and Schalke maybe harboring hopes of an escape with that big win. Uh, in the Dritten Liga promotion race, which we mentioned on Friday's episode, last Friday's episode, Saarbrücken beat Dinamo Dresden Tunnel. So Saarbrücken are in the playoff spot there. In the Zweite Bundesliga playoff race, promotion race rather, Hamburg lost uh, to to their gap against uh, local driver St. Pauli was six points going into the weekend. It's important to note Hamburg St. Pauli, the derby, is then the match next scheduled for next weekend. So those who are facing off. So Hamburg lost to Kaiserslautern. St. Pauli with the chance to get within striking range of their big rivals going into the big derby. St. Pauli again, mind you, a side who'd won nine matches on the bounce, or maybe even ten, if I'm not, uh, if I'm mistaken, uh, since the turn of the year, since Fabian Hertzeller took over. So <laughs> they're on an incredible run. They've gone from almost being in the relegation battle to the pl- promotion battle uh, in that span. I say unbeaten uh, in a, on a winning streak against Eintracht Braunschweig, who started this weekend, I think, just one spot above the relegation zone. And you can guess what happens because it's the Zweite Bundesliga. Braunschweig took the lead within seconds of kickoff, got a second in the 25th minute. Uh, and although St. Pauli pulled one back in the 85th minute, that was too little too late. So, St. Pauli's first loss since the turn of the year. Uh, Fabian Hurzler's well, first time dropped points, really. Uh, in charge and maybe their promotion push taking a big big blow but we'll see especially with the derby next weekend as i say so that is that let's go on let's take in tip top five leagues in france um i suppose at this point i will make the claim that both ajaccio and trois are effectively delegated from liga angers almost uh, certainly are um of course, four teams going down because the league's being trimmed to 18 teams. You'll know that if you regularly listen. Um, Angers are gone. Goodbye to them. Um, Ajaxio and Troyes both on 21 points. Both on um, some, some fairly long losing streaks. Uh, Ajaxio crucially lost to fellow relegation battlers Strasbourg this weekend. So, yeah, that's, that's why I'm pretty certain they're off. Because they're both now 10 points from safety with, what, seven matches left? And I can't see them pulling off this escape but Strasbourg might yet do it they beat Ajaxio 3-1 as I said they're within two points of uh, Brest and Nantes right above them so they only need to jump over one to get out of the relegation zone so that's what to watch uh, for in France but okay let's go on to Spain what's going on there 
Rayovaikano beat Osasuna on Friday night to just about stay alive in the race for Europe. Uh, the Basel derby, Aladi Club beat Real Sociedad. What that does is it keeps Aladi Club in the hunt for sixth place, and Sociedad just about on their toes in in fourth in the Champions League spot. They might yet uh, get jumped over by Real Betis, so they need to be careful. But of course, the big story is the relegation battle. Valencia Sevilla definitely the biggest game. Valencia starting in the relegation zone. Sevilla five points ahead of them, having picked up four in their last two league matches, which were Jose Luis Mendilibar's first two in charge for them, and a big result. Sevilla winning two nil in <laughs> well, it was a game of football. It wasn't the most entertaining, but they got the job job done. Did Sevilla so huge huge result for them. Mendilibar's appointment is proving to be. A masterstroke after Sam Pauli didn't work at all. Uh, by the way, Sam Pauli is someone we'll speak of later in the episode. So just a bit of a teaser there. But yeah, a Mendilibar proving to be a great appointment. Of course, seven points from three league games, forging an eight-point gap from the relegation zone, and with what one, two, three, four, five teams between them and the relegation zone, I'd expect them to stay up uh, given form and this. So big, big, uh, crucial uh, and big. Result for them, Valencia, though, really, really in a spot of bother now. They still are only three points from safety because Almeria lost as well. But um, yeah, yeah, they they need to be careful because the Real Valladolid beat Villarreal crucially two one, so they started seventeenth. They're fourteenth now. Um, so it's Almeria right above Valencia, and then Espanyol level on points with Valencia in the relegation zone as well. So that is the picture uh, in um, Spain. Uh, we also had a big result in Liga F uh, in the in the relegation battle over there. Huelva beating Valencia two one once again two one this time with two penalties, including one in basically the last minute of stoppage time. And what that does is Huelva were who were on I think a nine match losing streak, no a ten match losing streak even. And started the match in the relegation zone in 15th, fly all the way up to 11th. Above Real Betis, above, above Levante Las Planas, above Villarreal, and above Alhama, who've dropped into the relegation zone. So a huge result for them. A crucial time to get this victory, uh, and maybe season changing. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that's that for all of those things. I think I've covered the top five leagues. Oh, I have not. I wanted to mention Italy as well. Cremonese might just be pulling off a great escape. Of course, famously, they were winless until the 28th of February in the league when I think they beat Roma. Uh, since then, they didn't win a game in the whole of March. But then they did win against Sampdoria last weekend, which we spoke about, a last-minute winner getting them off the foot of the table. And then this weekend, they beat Empoli 1-0 with an early goal and then some staunch defending. So that brings them within 7 points of Spezia in 17th. Still a fair way to go, but maybe they might just do it. 8 matches left, 7 points deficit to make up. Who knows? Who knows? It's Cremonese. Can't rule it out. It's it's the side who hadn't won a single league game and reached the cup semi-final beating the likes of Napoli and Roma on the way through it. So. Look, man, you can't write them off. So watch out for them. They might do it. So that's that from Italy. Let's go over to Ukraine quickly, where we witnessed 
the joint highest scoring UPL match and the highest scoring UPL in, in history, I should say. The highest scoring UPL draw between Metalis Kharkiv and Veles Rifna. 5-5 it ended. What a game. Uh, first half was 4-3. So second half disappointing really um, by those standards. But hey, I'm not complaining. Um, but uh, what that does uh, is for both sides. It keeps them in the relegation zone. Uh, whereas on 20 points are in the playoff spot. Metalis on fifth, uh, on 19 are in the direct drop zone. And they're both on long, long winless runs. I think uh, Metalist are almost 13 or 14 without a win. And Veras are 10 without a win. So it's time to get their act together. But again, what a relegation battle we have in Ukraine. If you go up from 15th place Metalist Kharkiv to 9th place Metalist 1925, who by, by the way are sort of factions of the same club previously split now, there's only 3 points between 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 teams. And what have we? We have about 9 or 10 fixtures left to play. A couple of teams have a game in hand. So, still a long way to go. 3 points separating 7 teams, 3 relegation spots in their 1 direct spot, 2 playoffs. I'd say FC Lviv uh, at the bottom on just 13 points. Are probably gone but we'll see if they can pull something off but yeah either way what a relegation battle here Oof, there are a lot of relegation battles let's talk about something new let's talk about a new season kicking off let's go to brazil uh, where we had Serie a kick off uh, for 2023 mm, i didn't really have any majorly outstanding results um that that, that you know that were really surprising uh, I think we should mention Palmeiras getting their title defense off to winning start against Cuiaba with Hendrik scoring the first goal of the new season. Flamengo beating Curitiba 3-0. Fluminense beating America MG 3-0. Uh, and, and yeah, I guess uh, maybe Vasco da, newly promoted Vasco da Gama beating Atletico Mineiro 2-1. Uh, it was, was the surprise, surprise result or so the, the result worth mentioning. Grêmio as well, newly promoted, getting a win over Santos. So good, good start for them. But yeah, we'll we'll check back in uh, when when more stuff happens. Let's also pop by to uh, Argentina, where Boca Juniors not having a good time, as we have mentioned. New manager Jorge Almiron not g- getting off to a good start. Midweek they lost one 0 at San Lorenzo. This time they've lost one 0 away at Estudiantes. So that leaves Boca. Still, uh, well, now down all the way in 18th in the table. Four wins, two draws, six losses from their 12 matches. And their gap to River Plate. 16 points now. So, yeah. They they are a long way off. And River look, look pretty clear up top. Um, elsewhere, the other big match uh, was the Avellaneda derby. The second biggest derby, I suppose, in Argentina, of, of course, after... El Super Clásico River against Boca. Not that one. This was Racing Club against Independiente. Independiente, of course, having a tough old time going into this match. They were winless in 10 league matches. I think they won on the first. They won on their uh, opening match day. Uh, failed to win ever since. Of course, many more troubles at the club. President recently resigning uh, last Monday or Tuesday. And some administrative issues and all sorts going on there. Not good times, to say the least. Racing Club ha- much better. They're in the Libertadores this season. Um, 
so so much better times for them. But this match uh, ended 1-1. Goals from either side in the first half, uh, doing doing the job there. So uh, Racing Club is ninth now on 18 points, uh, and Independiente on 10 points, 24th. Of course, a poor season for them, as you might tell. So yep, that's that from Argentina. And really, that's that for the matches we have. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can come up with. Maybe I suppose a mention for Juventus 4-3 Fiorentina in Serie A Femenile. Which maybe just about keeps the title race alive. They went 3-0 down, did Juventus, and then came back in the second half. But their cap to Roma is still 8 points. So although they're going to play each other twice, and even if Juventus win both games, they still need Roma to drop points somewhere else. And that's not looking likely because Roma beat Inter 6-1 recently. So Roma's first ever title looking likely at the moment there. But Juventus fighting with their lives. Uh, but yeah, that's that. That's that for the matches, I say. Let's just wrap this up with some manager managerial chat. First up, Hertha, who of course lost to uh, Schalke 5-2. Uh, in, in that match I previously mentioned, I actually wrote, I covered that match, I wrote about it. And in my piece, I said, maybe it was time for Hertha to consider a managerial change. Last season, I think they went through three managers and were criticized for it. But this season, although I do like Sh- Sandro Schwartz, I liked his uh, Schwartz Moscow side. thought they played some pretty interesting football. He tried to implement it at Hertha as well. Didn't work and then he switched formations and stuff. But it's, it's just not worked for him really. Um... So I felt maybe as a last resort, they ought to try and get a new manager and see if something can be done. And they've done that. And of course, <laughs> when Hertha are in trouble, there's only one man they'll ever call. It's Paul Dardai. He's back again. I think this is going to be his third stint in charge of the club. His uh, Is it his son or his nephew? But either way, another Dardai, Ma, uh, Martin Dardai. Plays for plays for the first team in, in defense. Uh, defense and yeah, he he, he um, uh, Paul will be back again for his third stint at the club. <laughs> his managerial career is hilarious. He took over Hungary uh, from 2014 to 15. His first club job was Hertha 2015 to 19. Then he went off 2021. They were in trouble. They called him up. Um, he steered them to safety, and then he went off again. 2023 again they're in trouble. They've called him up. Let's see if he can steer them to safety once again. But quite a job on his hands. So let's see what he can do. But certainly uh, all the cliches do apply to him. Knows the club, knows the training ground, knows the stadium, knows the players. Is it related to one of them in fact, etc, etc. Anyway, let's go on to a couple of other new managers. I mentioned Sampaoli. And that's because he is the new Flamengo manager. Whew, that's That's very, very interesting indeed. I am... I, for one, am certainly very, very excited to see what he can do um, over in Brazil. Of course, they won 3-0 against Coritiba. As I said, that was his first game in charge. But I'm not really sure how much time he had with the squad and, and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'll still give him a couple of weeks to see exactly how that team shapes up. But that is definitely something to follow. As is uh, Juan Carlos Osorio, who is the new Zamalek manager. Zamalek, of course, not at all having a great season. Uh, n- neither in Egypt nor in Africa in the Champions League they were knocked out of the group stage and in the league they are fourth so not even in the continental places at the moment for next season and certainly not in the title race Al Ahli definitely running away with that one um, 
but yeah not having a good time uh, so unsurprising to see one carlos or uh, a new manager at least uh, and one carlos osorio is um an interesting appointment uh, i i i i put up his uh, managerial career earlier of course 61 years old now the colombian uh, manager where has he been before let's see he he started off at millionarios went to mls then chicago fire and new york red bulls uh, once caldas in uh, chile isn't it uh, and then the, he went off to puebla in mexico atletico nacional in colombia sao paulo in brazil mexico national team paraguay national team atletico nacional again america de cali in colombia again uh, that was his last job and then now he's at zamalek so his first venture outside the americas um and yeah i'm 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 interested to see what he can come up with oh, I, i think i said onje caldas are chilean side they're not there of course colombian as well so yeah let's see let's see um how he fares at zamalek but an interesting appointment i have to say so yeah that's that for uh, this monday's episode that's that's all my throat can manage certainly uh, we'll be back of course on friday hopefully with someone to join me um let's just quickly round up with what we've got coming up in the week big match in saudi arabia al hilal al nasar i said al hilal are probably out of the title race yeah they probably are al nasar very much in it though and al hilal might yet decide the fate of the title which they currently still hold uh, with the result of this game Of course the big matches of the week are the UEFA Champions League uh, round of 16 second legs as well as the other UEFA competition round of 16 uh, second legs on Thursday but we also do have uh, Copa Libertadores Copa Sudamericana one or two league matches splattered here and there uh, as a full round of the English Championship uh, and some a fair few Turkish Super League matches in there as well so yeah that that's 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 what we've got we'll we'll recap all the major results as we always do uh on friday uh, and then of course we'll look ahead to the weekend where as i say loads of stuff to come so definitely something to look out for for everyone uh, next weekend as as uh, again all the leagues are heating up in 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 europe and stuff so yeah we we will be back for that but for now that that's all for today thank you very much for joining me uh, on this episode i hope you enjoyed it uh, and if you can do join us on friday on patreon for for the weekend preview episode uh, and if not no worries we'll be back again next monday to recap all the action so that there'll be stuff for everyone soon enough so take care until until we meet again uh, and goodbye